Human design is an amalgamation of several facets of spirituality. The I Ching, astrology, chakras, Kabbalah, all combine beautifully into one system. Mary Rose and Mary Letitia have been exploring their own designs for the last year. This podcast is an extension of that exploration. Come learn, laugh, and grow with us as we become Guided by Design. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Mary. How are you? I'm doing rather well. I have my coffee. I have a little little sip of water here ready to go. And yeah, summer's almost officially over now. Woohoo, your kids start school this week? Yes, they do. Nice. No school shopping. Yep, we, we, we didn't actually have to do very much for school shopping, which was a delight because it's really just the consumables. It's not like we have to do new backpacks or any of that mm-hmm. stuff. So, and they have mostly, their clothes were in pretty good condition. So I didn't even really go buy them new school clothes. Uh, so yeah, I thought it would be a lot more expensive for back to school. And I was pleasantly surprised that it was really pretty cheap. Well, that's good. I know. Uh, they are going, Coulter had his birthday yesterday. He turned 12. And uh, so tomorrow marks our, as his parents are vaccinated, so shall the children be. Yep. So tomorrow you get them both started up there. They get not only the COVID jabs, but they're, Elora's finishing her HPV and Coulter's getting his first one. Nice. Because guess what, y'all? It's not just for the girls. Nope. Boys should be vaccinated as well. Yep. I, I had Trevor, all, all of my kids were too the HPV so but they're all adults now and I can't force them to do the COVID shot oh no you can't force them but you are you're a good example because you went and did it yourself how how are you doing this week oh I've been very sore I've got a pinched nerve and I've never experienced nerve pain before and for anybody who has I'm sorry because it's the worst thing that I've ever really experienced so so I've been doing a lot of listening to stuff. I finished two books this week. Oh. Um, I finished The Ugly Cry Last Night by Danielle Henderson. Oh. oh, my God. It was so good. I just cried and cried and cried at the end. Um, yeah, she's, she's good. She's good. She's a good writer. We love Danielle. We love you, Danielle. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, and then I also finished Professional Troublemaker. I was wondering and, if that was when you said it. I finished two yep. books. I'm like, Bet she listened to that professional troublemaker. I did. I did because I totally ran myself completely out of podcasts. Because it turns out I don't sit a lot, and I've had to do a lot of sitting and resting and doing very small jobs in small intervals. So I've had a lot of time to to really listen to things this week. So that was great. Um, I want to go back and listen to a couple chapters of Professional Troublemaker because I was getting up and doing stuff, but. It was really great. What about you? What have you been doing this week? This week was uh, a little bit of a low energy week for me. I could blame the fact that I was really low on pre-workout and therefore it kind of, I do now have a little bit of a mental 
addiction, not even physical. It's all mental. Like knowing that I was running low was like, <sighs> but, um, I do have my, my friend Lacey had a couple extras that she wanted to get off of her hands. So she mailed them to me. So now I'm back, back with my <laughs> free workout supply. But, um, I was also just experiencing a lot of lows with, um, you know, the, the news with COVID has been getting progressively worse. The situation in Afghanistan has been weighing on me. I think, you know, just there's a lot of, you know, fatigue. And I feel like anyone with a compassionate heart this week, if you were experiencing a lot of low energy um, because of what was going on in the world, like take care of yourself and don't be too hard on yourself about the things that you think you should have been getting done or accomplishing because it was a tough one. Um, but I did listen to, I, I have a couple backlog episodes of, I I saw what you did that I will need to get back to, but I did listen to Poog and I, I have to say like the joy I feel listening to the hags is I feel like I am part of that conversation. And I was, I've, I've been giggling through the last couple episodes, just enjoying the hell out of them because they, they, the tangents that they go off on and the way that they're like, I want to talk about that. I want to, I want to talk yeah. about that. Makes me laugh. <laughs> because I'm like yes let's get into it let's get into Barack get into it <laughs> oh I love those guys too and actually that's one that I'm not quite caught up on so I'll have to go listen to Ooh, yes I think you'll really that the last couple episodes have been a true joy in my opinion um and then just I don't even think that I've really watched much although I was just telling you a second ago uh you know I love the movie, What We Do in the Shadows. It was Taika Waititi's birthday last week. Um, we watched the TV show now and I was like poo-pooing it thinking, oh, nothing could be as good as the movie. I was wrong. I was wrong. The TV show is excellent. So funny, so well done. And then last night we just happened to be scrolling through HBO and Thad's like, what do you want to watch? And I was like, nah. I'll probably fall asleep through about anything. So we saw Wellington P Paranormal and the cops from the, from the movie um, O'Leary and, and oh, was it Minogue? Uh, yeah. Minogue, I think were have their own show now. And it is, it is funny. I was laughing out loud with my oh, mouth, wow. with my mouth. <laughs> That's something when you're literally LOLing. Um, so that we checked out a few episodes of that, but he passed out, like even before I did, he was falling asleep. So I turned it off and we headed to bed. We were just tuckered out yesterday. <sighs> yeah, me too. I forgot what being injured is like, like, and then re-injuring yourself. Like, I feel like I was doing pretty good because I knew I, this was coming on. And I feel like I did really, really good for the first week, but then I did a shit ton of driving and driving absolutely triggers it. So does typing, it turns out. Like I can do a little typing on my lap, but like up here is a no. Okay. So like the 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 pain that I've experienced this week, I'm I'm just I'm I'm like, oh goodness, I am. I don't know what I would do with my life if this didn't ever go away. And there's that point after about three, four days that you're like, oh, is it ever going to go away? 
Yeah. So like really taking time to rest isn't something I've done in a really long time. So it's, it's been different, but it's been good. And, and I have been really like, I can't even do 25 minutes. I have to do 15 and then I lay down for 15 and get the pressure off my shoulders. Mm, I like that you've adjusted your Pomodoro technique to that. And I think it's like, you know, it's so, you know, it's such a trope to say, make time for rest or it will make time for you, but it, it, it will, it'll clear the decks. It really cleared the decks for you the last couple of weeks to say, um, you know, Hey, listen, that's, it's like the body knocks, the body's kind of trying to clue you in. And sometimes we have a tendency as humans to ignore it because yeah, there's so much to get done. And as a generator, I feel like that is, and that'll be a great segue into talking about business as a generator, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, is that, you know, we have to make that time for the rest and we have to make that time for even things like the massages and stuff, because I'm, I'm as bad about anyone as saying make the time for massages and then I never schedule a massage. Mm -hmm. Um, so Yes. And I really did have a lot of time to sit and think about my generator self and how much I put into my day-to-day life and how much I work and how many tasks I get done. And so when I'm down and out, like I've been the last probably three days for sure, maybe four, I mean, that I've been real, like, I can't, I can't drive. And so that's a big one. I tried driving Leo to work two days ago and I thought I was going to die. I had to get out like four times on my way home and like stretch because I lose feeling in this left arm. And that's really complicated when you're driving all of a sudden I can't grip anything and I can't feel like even where my arm's at. So, um, but it really did make me take a mental note of how much I get done and how much I do and how I can space that out with some rest in between. Um, So the last two days I've been able to get some work done because two days before that I couldn't do anything at all. So, um, I, uh, I rested most of the day and then I started some 15 minute intervals and, and there, there's a lot I can get done in 15 minutes, but then I really do have to sit down and let this fire go away in my shoulder for 15 minutes before I, I it like builds like a little inferno. I mean, yeah. it might start okay. Like, you know, a little kindling fire. And then yeah. by the, by the end of 15 minutes, it's probably like, Hot, 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 hot. It is. It is. And it's, it's, it's crazy. I've, again, I've never experienced, I've given birth naturally three times and I've never experienced any sort of strange pain like this, where it just comes and goes as it absolutely wants to. And maybe I'll have an hour that I feel like top notch. And then I have an hour that I'm like, Oh, I can't move. (laughs) (laughs) you do so much like, and then I feel like, and then I'm overcompensating with my right arm. Therefore now I'm getting sore in that shoulder area just from the overcompensation. So um, the, the rest piece of being a generator is really, really important, but also you got to burn yourself out. So that's been like finding that fine line while I'm doing this recovery has been hard because I know that yesterday I overdid it. 
probably only by two 15 minute sessions, but I overdid it. And that's why I feel a little bit worse this morning than I did yesterday morning when I woke up. And I, th- I will also observe too, that you had said it's been so difficult to sleep because of the pain and that the quality of sleep that we get being so, so important is that when you don't have the ability to rest properly because of pain, that that then becomes its own, the, the dog that's eating its tail. It's, it's just, it will, it's a perpetuating cycle of being under rested and then being more sore and then not being able to sleep because of the soreness. And it's just, yeah, I definitely, uh, I, That's where I was at on Friday morning when I text you, I had not gotten, but like maybe an hour's worth of rest in that whole time. And I just been up moving around because that's the thing is I get super stiff when I sit or lay down for too long. And so, so finding that rest balance has been hard even at night, but I, I try and get up every couple hours and stretch out again, you know, use the bathroom, walk around and then lay back down so that I'm not just so tight. I can't move when I, when I wake up, I do have a massage scheduled for Monday. So excellent. Excellent. And that's, I think the thing is like another one of those observational things is that we, when we save, it's like, like I said, with the making the time is that it's hard for us to justify the cost of self-care at times, things like massages. And then it's like, but yeah, the, 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 the amount of time that you spend now trying to get yourself back to normal is an investment. So it's like, we, I think that that's the trope, another trope is that, you know, you either, you, you pay the cost for self-care or you pay the cost for self-care. <laughs> like you're going to pay either financially or you're going to pay with your time and your sanity to some degree. Yep. Physically for sure. Oh, goodness. Well, I'm just so glad that we're able to record today. And I know that we were talking last week about um, manifestors and manifesting generators. And we kind of talked about business partnerships. And I think some of it is, you know, the people that we've worked with and how we've partnered with them. And so this week, we're really focusing in on the generators, projectors, and hopefully reflectors. We're going to, you know, kind of try to keep it pretty, pretty short. Um, But since we started with generators, why don't we go with what observations we've made from working? Well, specifically you being a generator, um, you just mentioned a couple of things, but just from maybe the non-hurt perspective, (laughs) when you're not working with an injury. (laughs) working with an injury. (laughs) Um, I feel like, I feel like the little engine that could, um, I really can pile through things, get, get a lot of things, a lot of tasks done. Um, and I do have to take note now that I've learned more about human design, that not everybody works like me. Not everybody is a generator who can just continuously work, um, until they get things done. But, um, I, I, I do think that generators sometimes have a, a way of getting a lot done, but still flailing their wheels sometimes. <laughs> so 
um, that's where it's nice to have a projector in your life that can help guide just a little bit on, you know, keeping you in line with what actually needs to get done versus the busy work that, um, can come you could let Yeah. You could let yes. the busy work just take I over. I don't know how many times I hear Mary Rose's voice in my head saying, is this important now? Um, is this something that you've got to do now? Or is this something that, that, and if it's, and if it's not important now, and I look back and it's not important in three days, why am I doing it? Mm -hmm. so it's, it's nice to have that guidance in, in a generator's life. I agree. I, in watching generators, I definitely, at times there's that, there is sometimes a little bit of envy and that's because I know what it's like to work like that because I really just before understanding what human design was and what my own design was, I worked like a generator. I was working the 40 hour work weeks. I was working, oh shit, when we worked together, I was working overtime. Mm -hmm. And it just, I always felt like it didn't really yield more productive results. And I feel like that to me was where when someone is working against their type, that no matter how many hours you work and put in the overtime, you're not necessarily giving the the right quality of work in that time. Um, like because I because I would need to take more breaks, so it'd be like, okay, sure, yeah, you're working a ten hour day, but how much of that time is really work? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I will say that. A lot of the jobs that I've done, you know, the, primarily the real responsibility of not just being waiting for a phone call to be able to put out fire by fire by fire, um, an eight-hour day could really have been finished in three. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could, I could get work done if I uninterrupted the same amount of work done in three and then not and that's where I feel like that is where the 40 hour work week is not designed for people like me. It's, it really is designed for people who have that sacral energy. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that the 40 hour work week helps burn out because generators really do need to, to burn their motor out to be able to rest well. And I think that a 40 hour work week in the right field, doing the right thing, um, generators can really, really, get a lot of stuff done and really get quality workout if they're, if they're in alignment with. Exactly. <laughs> and, but the, because we have such an unenlightened society as to what our, our true human design type is, we have a shitload of people that are non-energy types who are conditioned to, to be told that society has told us 40 hour work week is normal. And I, I even have thought part-time work seems like bullshit. Like, why would anybody want to work part-time? Because I assumed that, that that's the only way that we can make a living is to, wor is to work 40 hours a week. Yeah. And it's not just an assumption. It's, it's literally the messaging I've gotten from parents, from, you know, from the cradle to grave. Oh, God, I'm going to quote Jacqueline and... <laughs> Jacqueline and um, Kate, because they, they did that in their last episode, something cradle to grave about, <laughs> uh, you'll have to go listen. It's so funny. Um, institutionalized, basically the institutions yeah. from cradle to grave. And that is so much of what, what we've been told. And now, now that I'm surrounded by generators of some type, like my daughter is a generator, my husband and my son are manifesting generators. And 
It is. It's kind of like I see a teenager living like a projector because even though she's a generator, she just has like she, the things that she wants to do. I mean, she's going to be in school. I feel like school in and of itself is a great place for generator kids Mm -hmm. because they are being challenged all day long at home. (laughs) She gets a lot of the projector conditioning of mommy needs to rest. And she sees that a lot. So therefore I think she probably takes on a lot of that. My resting aura, my, my desire to rest and lay back. Well, I think that's good for her at this age, though, too. Hormones, developmenting. I mean, she's developing. She's growing. All that rest is good for them at that age. But at, but in cross country, too, that has been what I've, I've been loving seeing is that because she's got a sport that she's involved with that does require her to go out and spend some of her energy Um, she's been sleeping really well at night. She does fall. That is like one of those things that I'm like, this is the experiment that I'm proving to you is true is that you do need to spend that energy. And, um, you know, I feel like that's another part of the generators is not making the time for the energy spending. They think of working as the only way to spend their energy, but yeah, but I was not not physically expending it necessarily. No, you have to equal that out between your, your, your physical energy burning, physically burning out and not just your mental work because Mm -hmm. it it is a, it is a difference um, with the, the generators. I feel like people do, they replace that energy burning with that 40 hours of work or 60 hours of work through the week. Um, But the exercise part has to be separate. It really does. I mean, you have and it's to like, do in the making time. It's just mm-hmm. like we were saying, making the time for it. And I, again, with a societal pressure to hate exercise, like it is, it's so ingrained in us that we should hate exercise, that it's uncomfortable and it sucks and nobody wants to do it. And I'm just like, it doesn't have to be like that. It really doesn't. It, it, it can be when you find the right exercise. No, maybe it's not cardio. Maybe it's not, you know, running. Maybe it's, maybe it is something that requires a little bit of getting yourself to some place and doing something that the energy to get out and go do something is, is sometimes I feel like one of the biggest hurdles to getting people to, to actually, it's like, Stand in front of your TV and walk in place. If that's really all that you have the time and the energy to do, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be. Brush your teeth and walk in place. Yeah. (laughs) Walking in place. If you have stairs going up and down your stairs while you're listening to a podcast. Oh, that's, I'm going to tell you, I've done that. It sucks. (laughs) I know I've done it too. Especially when I'm trying to close those rings on my watch and like I've got like two minutes left. It'll take me 10 minutes of walking up and down the stairs to close two minutes of exercise on my ring. Gosh, yeah. And it's been in like you get so it's so tiring to go up and down the stairs. Mm -hmm. Like I noticed that that one is like a supremely tiring exercise of doing stairs up and down um, for any amount of time. Like I might try to do a few rounds of it, but yeah, it's not my favorite thing by any stretch, but it's effective and it's free. It's in your house sometimes. 
Well, we talked about generators. Should we move on to projectors now? Let's move on to projectors. So we talk about generators all the time. (laughs) There's there's 70% of the population. So I'll give that credit. There's far fewer of us projectors out there um, than there are generators. And I at times feel like I said, you know, it's enviable to have that sacral energy. I am a little bit of a unicorn within a unicorn because I'm not just a projector. (laughs) I'm not just a mom. I'm a cool mom. I'm an energy projector. So that means that there are four motor centers within the human design body graph. And the only one I don't have is the sacral. Everything else on my body graph is lit up like a Christmas tree when it comes to motor energy. So that's the heart, the spleen, and the root, I think, are the three motors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have all of mine defined. So where a lot of projectors might be less inclined to burn energy or have the energy that I do, um, I am a, a high, high energy projector. And that can be a little bit different from what maybe some other projectors out there, their experience. It's probably why I can work work like a generator and pretend like I'm a generator and take that on like a chameleon. Um, But yeah, there's just, I do can point to times where, you know, when, when my job required more of me than about three hours of my, of my actual literal working time in a day is when I started to not like my job anymore. (laughs) Um, I liked having the freedom to, engage as I loved, I loved working, taking calls from people um, because every call was an invitation. Every call becomes a little invitation to help solve a problem, to ask for my guidance. Like you want to talk about like in what we do in the shadows, the TV show, there's an energy vampire. So he's not like a vampire that has to stay out of the sunlight. He can be in the sunlight, but he just sucks energy from people. And that's kind of, I would equate what it's like to be a, a projector working in, in a field where people are constantly asking you for your, your guidance. Oh, like my nipples get hard just thinking about it. Um, but so where that's so good at that and could do it over time because yep. you were getting that, that invitation multiple times a day to be able to give guidance um, while you were working in that role. And that's why it didn't kill you literally to be able to do that overtime for that couple of years that you did it. <laughs> and then what, it, what I hated about was anything that required me to not use my skills. So anything that was just like data measuring, providing feedback that really wasn't guidance. Um, and really when my opinion was not honored, I think it would be the best way is that I worked in kind of a, in, in a place doing things that I could see, I can see it's, it's such a hard thing to be an Oracle in many ways is when you can see how things are going to completely go off the rails and you're the, you're the one, you know, you're the canary in the mine shaft trying to warn everyone, like this is going to end badly this is not, this is not good. And then when people are just not interested in hearing that, um, 
or they think that they know better than I do, which, you know, granted that I had to keep reminding myself, this isn't my business. I didn't, you know, I had to really be very thoughtful about if it's not my business, then I do. It's hard not to care. And so when I had to shut off caring and giving a fuck anymore, that's when I really was like, yeah, I can't, I can't do this anymore. That was really when a projector is in a position where they're not being asked for any guidance, um, they are going to burn out a lot faster. And I was reaching like critical mass burnout um, at before. And I made a goal. I needed to be gone by the time I was 40. I needed to be out before I turned 40. 40 is a big number. I think in human design, there's a lot of, a lot of mentioning of the, of the age of 40 because and for me, it's just like, yeah, at 40, we are now really coming into everything that we've learned is now part of what we have to start practicing. Like we can't continue to just keep, we can keep learning, but up until that point, everything that we'd learned now needs to be something that we stop saying <laughs> what's, I love the phrase, like, uh, old enough to know better, young enough not to care or something like, you know, something along mm -hmm. those lines is that 40 is about that age where we can no longer not care and we're no longer young. I mean, we don't have the same cellular structure as our 20 year old selves. Um, that's why everything kind of tends to feel, I feel it's gotten easier, but that's because I really do feel like I got more aligned at 40 and where, um, human design helped me, but I, I wouldn't say that it's going to be easy for everybody just because they know more about their human design. No, I would, I would, I would agree with you there because I feel like you set yourself on a track years ago to find this. And I don't know why. I mean, I think that stopping drinking, starting your beach body program and your gym with your ladies like all of these things like set you in alignment to find human design so that when you found it you were already right there like you were already a step away you were one step away from where you needed to be alignment wise I feel like so it's not going to be that easy for everybody I feel like for me it's much opposite um I feel like I've I feel like I've learned so much in the last six months that I can't unlearn mm -hmm. and that I have to start implementing and I'm having to do it a little bit at a time because I can't make giant dr drastic changes in my, in my life. So it's not as easy for everybody else. Once you learn it, you can unlearn it. And like, I know so many good pieces of, this that are aligned with what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do. But I think it really resonated with me. What you just said is like, we can't not care anymore. <laughs> we, we are old enough that now we have to start implementing the things that we know are going to be good. And sometimes it's going to be implementing and then not doing it for a minute and then implementing it again, just to see, because we are experimenters and we really do have to see what, what is in alignment. What, what does that feel like mm -hmm. versus what does this feel like? And I feel like being in our forties now, we're, we're feeling things differently 
than we were four years ago. <laughs> Three we have years awareness ago. now. And I feel like that's the big piece is the awareness piece. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because, and I will say, I think that, you know, you also with like drastically cutting back on drinking also, that is where so many people are unwilling to have the awareness because they think that alcohol in some way is creating a connection with other people. They think that it's helping them relax. And I mean, this isn't going to become a sobriety podcast. Don't worry, everybody. But I can see that connection now as to say, I put so much emphasis on how alcohol enhanced my life for so long. And that when I removed that emphasis, it was like, what, what else is left? And that's where the community, my family, all of those things really, I was able to refocus on them. It was like the, you know, a microscope lens before you really, you know, you can do the course focus on a microscope and you can still see, you know, you can get in into the frame what you want to see, but it's really when you start the fine focus that things come back into where you can make out the detail, awareness of the detail. Um, and I just think that that is one of the big disruptors is that we don't, and, and it's not for everybody. I'm not going to say this is for everybody, but you're going to find a lot of people that don't naturally lean into alcohol do have more awareness. And the people that are like, oh, well, I only drink socially. I only drink on the weekends. And usually it's a little bit of binge drinking because if you're not drinking all week and then you have three or four on the weekends, you're probably pretty wasted on the weekends. Um, but it's, it is, it, it kind of, it, it's a deterrent from being able to focus. It's constantly taking that fine focus and, and twisting the knob around and kind of, kind of like a, you know, an etch-a-sketch. It's kind of mm-hmm. taking, shaking it up a little bit. So then you've got to go back to work on fine focusing again. And, um, you know, I never expected that that would be the piece that would, everything else would fall into line. But I do think that that is one of the things I'm seeing within the community of human design is that no one jokes about alcohol. No one talks about drinking. I follow a lot of human design people and a lot of them talk about sobriety. And I feel like that is where we can create an awareness that, that previously in our twenties, we were kind of like, just, we just didn't know what was available to us because we didn't know any better. And that's hopefully my societal shift that I see happening in 2027 is the more and more millennials I see who are leaning into sober living and like not using alcohol is are, you know, I really feel are, are kind of becoming more enlightened and older generations do not fucking appreciate it. Mm -hmm. They don't like that awareness is bringing into focus the selfishness, the greed, the, the, the inability to the, and also the impotency that we feel at being able to make no changes to the way things are, I mean, that's really what, what's hardest is that now that we can see everything more clearly, it's so fucked up. So <laughs> fucked up. And we can't, we, a lot of us don't feel like we can do anything about it. And now I feel like we, the, the next generation in 2027, there's going to be the next mutation 
Um, and I, I think that that's really going to be where that's the generation that's going to start phasing out the older generation that has been so selfish and has been so greed centered. And um, yeah, that's just my, my tangent. I agree with that rant. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little ranty. Um, so have we worked with a reflector? At all, I don't. I haven't. I don't think. I don't think you have, to your knowledge. Um, I did meet one of the ladies that is in my my Beachbody community when I had been doing kind of like a open call for anyone who wanted me to run a chart for them. As I was doing practice, um, I did have someone who was who had asked for one, and when I ran her chart, I'm like, kind of like where I did the comic rubbing my eyes and then I ran it a second time because I was like did I get these numbers right did I get it right like that that's that's when you come across a reflector you double check everything (laughs) because it was like oh my gosh so I was really lucky my friend Lynn um had let me do a chart for her and then she let me actually get on the on a zoom call with her because I was like hey you are you're a unicorn. Like you're very rare. Could I maybe visit with you just because I've never come across a reflector in the wild before. And I really want to just, just really kind of, like I said, um, sit in her aura and the things that I've observed about Lynn, just from my own observation is Lynn is super, I I've always enjoyed visiting with her. Like there's been times that we've gone out and we've had a chance to just connect. I think there, there was one time like we went out for beers, just the two of us. And I just, I enjoy visiting with her and she has a generator daughter. She let me do a chart for her daughter, Tegan. And, and that little lady is a generator, but um, she's like a project manager. And I thought that that was really a fascinating role for her because she is as a reflector taking in and sampling so much of everyone's aura and so where that really I felt came into play so positively for her is that she needed to have kind of an ability to take that in and like I said sample it but not take on any aspect of what's you know her team or the teams that she's managing so it was really good I didn't record it so I, I wonder if that makes her really, because she's so good at reading people, if she then puts people in the right positions or team positions or gives the right work to those people. I, I, I would say that that's probably it now. And, you know, I'm not going to go too deeply into personal business for Lynn, but I will say, I think that her desire to maybe be reflected back and someone can maybe sometimes put her in a position. I think that now she's single. She's a single mom. I think that that probably is, a, you know, not a negative for her. I think a lot of what we might look for in a partner can be hard to find as a reflector because you'd have to, you know, especially because when you're from a place like Montana, as Mary could probably attest, the dating pool <laughs> isn't what you would what we want. For us. So we kind of tend to, especially in our youth, and that's, you know, it was 
you know, years ago, you know, latch on to someone who maybe checked some of our boxes, but maybe not all of our boxes. And that without understanding our own worth, and that's because a reflector has every center open. There's no definition in a reflector at all. They can have plenty of gates, but they don't have any channels. And that really right there, gates, we are looking to be magnetized to someone else that completes the gate for us. But we can also tend to, I don't know, maybe project a little bit of that onto people and hoping that they're going to step up and be that connect, that complete that channel. Um, and sometimes put faith in in the wrong people for that reason is that, like I said, there might have been a lot of connections, but there might have also been some similarities that she saw um, in a partner that maybe weren't going to be that they, they weren't magnetized, so to speak, they were maybe more um, seeing herself in them. And then, as we've talked about with magnets, you know, if you've got two magnets with the same pole, it's going to push away to some degree. So it is, you know, you can't like, I don't think that dating wise, that would be actually a great idea is to have a human design dating site where mm -hmm. look, Oh my God, how have we never, I'm going to have to get a hold of Sam Zagar about this and be like, Sam dating <laughs> gates. We've got it wow. right now. Like you put your chart in and then it, it looks don't at all those charts. Yep. And can it connect yeah. <laughs> and then I mean imagine human design dating from that perspective of just the way that you have found dating a projector that when you understand that about a person you stop thinking about this person is just lazy and they don't work the way that I do and it it changes your understanding of how that like their strengths um it gives you more compassion for their experience the same way that you would expect it would give them compassion for you Yep. Like I'm sure that explaining to your partner that you work differently and that sometimes you don't even necessarily love how you work because you're overworking means that he needs to step up and say like, no, you need to rest, go been, lay down. He's been real, real specific about it this week. Um, he actually said, you need to stop jumping every time that they ask you to. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I've literally physically had to stop. So it's given me a little bit of time and space and grace to go. Yeah. You don't have to jump every time. And he's not even coming at it from a human design perspective, but he no. understands that about the way that you're operating and how detrimental it can be to you mm -hmm. physically and mentally and emotionally and he's, so, I mean, it's not even like, you don't even have to necessarily under, understand all of the nuances of human design to be in alignment. And that's, I think the other big piece is that there's a lot of people that don't need human design. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that have no interest in it. And I can say, honestly, there are a lot of people that don't need it because they're already doing things in alignment with who they are and, and, and their best self. Um, and Josh might be one of them. I think that's been a really interesting thing is that knowing that he is a, in a so mental person. Yeah, I think that, that he is. And things out and soundboards for himself. He's not asking for advice. He's soundboarding for himself that 
it, it probably, if we explained this is why you do that, it would be like, oh, okay, cool. I actually right. did explain it a little bit. And I actually just have to remind myself when he starts telling me something more than once, because I, I do get irritated because I'm a <laughs> one and done girl. <laughs> I have to go, wait a second. He's just, he's just soundboarding again. He just needs to hear it come out of his mouth until it sounds right. And that's how he processes things. And that works. I just have to, because it's not about me. I have to stop, <laughs> stop making it about me sometimes when he's doing that soundboarding. But the other thing is watching him work like a projector and he's had to for the last month, that's also very difficult. And, and giving him a little extra grace going, I know that you shouldn't be working this much, but at least he's doing something that he enjoys. He does really enjoy being in the taxi. He does really enjoy that customer service aspect that he needs breaks. And so. not just that, the recognition Mm -hmm. The recognition piece is huge. Like if you're recognizing I, you shouldn't be doing this, but I so, so appreciate that you're stepping up to the plate for a projector. That is everything. And I feel like that's one of those areas that, you know, I wish that I could get my partner to be as aware of human design and what I need. And I can explain it. I literally said to my husband the other day, we've been together for 20 years. Do you still not know what I want or what I like? And he like literally was like, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, it's not, it's not, <laughs> I don't think I'm even that complex. I, I want to be recognized and I'd like to be invited. I mean, those two things right there are my strategy so if you're not recognizing me and you're not inviting me, then your sacral center, that sexual core of you, is probably going to go unserviced by a projector because I, yeah, I'm just, I, I'm too old anymore to keep subverting what I want and need for anyone else, even if I've been with that person for 20 years. So, all right. Well, I think that we... I think we rounded it out. I think we got we all three of them handled. <laughs> I think so. I think that if you if you are a reflector, you know, we'd love to know more about you. So, you know, we do have an, a Gmail, Mary's Mentors at gmail.com. If you're a reflector, feel free to drop us an email. We'd love to to pick your brain a little bit and get to know more about you and your process and um, things of that nature. But yeah, I think that between generators and projectors, we we got it. We do, but we're always happy to hear from anyone. You can catch us on Facebook or Instagram or again, um, Gmail and um, let us know. We'd love to hear from people. So, yeah. All right. Well, we will uh, catch you on the flip side, y'all. All right. Bye. Bye.